Morning everybody, it's so good to be with you again. Thank you musicians, what a fantastic time of worship and we really appreciate all that hard work that you're putting in, uh, mastering the technology, putting it all together. It's just absolutely fantastic. I'm loving the worship. I'm, I'm loving not just Sunday mornings, but what Flick and Mike are doing during the week and Sunday nights and of course uh, Paul and Susie as well. And all the rest of you, you musicians, we, we love you, we really appreciate you. And, and it's so good to be able to worship along with you, even at, at a distance these days. And uh, yeah, then thank you, Annette. Thank you for sharing communion. Um, you know, it's so good to see different people each week, isn't it? And, uh, uh, and we'd love to see more of you. So if you haven't done a communion yet, then, then, then just let Jill's know and uh, she'll sort it out and make sure that it's all, all ready and recorded and, and all the rest of it so that you can uh, you can do your bit and uh, we can see you as part of the family. That, that would be amazing. You know, um, the, these weeks, uh, they just seem to roll by, don't they? they, they I realised that, you know, just one day this week I woke up and I said to Shell, well, like with the middle of February, and, and I, my life's just gone past, you know, it's, it's almost like I'd lost track of the days, I didn't quite know what day it was, and um, these are kind of difficult times to live in, even if you, um, even if you are actually struggling with anything yourself, there's, there's so much around us, and so many things that, that uh, we, we need to stand in faith for as a church family, for healing, for provision, uh, for new jobs, for all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, that's why I've been teaching this series, Good News for Bad Times. And this morning we're going to move on to the third part of that. And we're going to look at a, a real uh, key question that I guess many of us have been asking for, for a while now and will continue asking for, for a while yet, which is, how am I supposed to live in these times how how am i supposed to approach them as a born again believer and it's that that i'm going to be talking about this morning so uh, turn with me we're going to get into first uh, peter so get your bibles open at first peter and i'll just pray father i just thank you i thank you for all that you give us i thank you for life i thank you for healing i thank you for provision i thank you for freedom and i thank you for salvation and i pray that this morning lord you will open our hearts and open our minds to, to see and understand and to act on those things that your Holy Spirit wants to show us through your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, yeah, go to uh, 1 Peter. We're going to 1 Peter chapter 1 again. And uh, I'm going to be reading effectively, uh, starting at verse 13 and going through the rest of the chapter. Um let me just read the first few verses. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it's written... Be holy, for I am holy. Um, yeah, well, let's just carry on a little bit. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, 
knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold for your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. Amen. Um, I may cover a few more verses of that as, as we get into it. But what I'm really looking at is this question of just how do we live in these times? How do we, we face up to what's in front of you? And what we're going to find out this morning is that God shows us how we should respond to times just like these. And he tells us why we should respond in that way. And then he gives us the provision to be able to respond in that way. So not only does he tell us what to do, but he enables us to do it. And that's good news. That, that's, that's, part, that's the good news of the gospel. Not only are we set free from our sins and forgiven of our sins, but we are actually changed to be able to walk free into a new life, a new future and a new destiny. And the really good news of the gospel is that we never walk that out on our own. That's not, our, that's not what we're designed for. We're designed to walk this out with God. And that's the first key thing for these times, isn't it? That this good news for bad times is for people who walk this out with God. Walking it out without God or having him as kind of an accessory, it just won't work. So we walk this out with God. Now, let's start with a, a kind of reality check from the last couple of weeks. The first, I, I guess planking that reality is that God has chosen you but the world rejects you. you you're not uh, connected to, to the world in the way you were before. You're not designed to uh, uh, rely on the things of the world nor are you designed to be like the world. And you know the, the truth of the times we live in and, and the times we live in as believers in this modern age is that God loves me but the world doesn't really work for me. And trying to make the world work for us isn't what we were designed for. You know, God's got a home for me, but the world itself doesn't feel like home for me. It feels like something I'm passing through. Remember what uh, Peter said about us being aliens and sojourners in this land. So where, where does that leave us? Well, you know, it comes back to that key uh, thing that I've been talking about for the last few weeks, which is, you know, there's this this big picture going on around us all about lockdown and COVID and, and the economy and, you know, we've had Brexit. We've had all sorts of things thrown at us. But in addition to all those things that have come at us all, there's our own unique personal aspects in that. Our own struggles, our own hardships. And we need to know how to respond to those personal struggles, personal hardships, personal difficulties in the middle of that wider situation, which, 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 is, which is not great. We need to know what to do and how to respond. In a world that, you know, when you look at the world, it looks like it's lost its mind, doesn't it? It, it seems to have lost any anchor point. And in this world that's lost its mind, the big question is, and, and, and Peter's going to talk about this, is how do you keep your head on straight when the world around you is going crazy? How do you keep your head on straight when everything's going crazy around us? 
And, you know, in answering that question, we remember that we might live in a world uh, that, that, that is taking place around us, but the greater reality is that we live in God. We might live in the world, but the greater reality is that we live in Christ. We are in Christ Jesus and we have God as our father. So it's that context that, that we look at, like, how do we deal with what's going on? How are we supposed to respond? How are we supposed to live in the midst of this? How do we connect with God and how do we walk through this with him rather than without him? Because that choice is ours. We can walk through this with God and come out the other side strong and intact. Or we can walk through this without God and just muddle through from day to day and let the outcome down to chance. And so what do we do? Well, let's let's go back to those verses and let's just start at the beginning of verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and you rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, I, I'm sure you know this, but when I, I've heard it repeatedly, I guess since I was a teenager, when there's a therefore at the start of something, you look at what it's there for. And so we're, we're, it's a continuation of something he's been saying. And he's therefore, is this, therefore, since you've got God's covenant of mercy and grace, and since you've got God's covenant of life, and since you've got a living hope that you've been born again into, uh, and that you've got new life and new light that enlightens your life, you know, all those things we, we talked about last, last time, uh, you've got eternal life in relationship with God right now. Eternal life is to know God, to have real relationship with him. And that starts the moment you became a born again believer. And you can enter into that any moment of any day for as long as you like. You can relate to God and be in his presence. And, you know, we've got glory now. We've got Christ inside us and we've got even more glory to come. Uh and that glory is never going to be defiled, it's never going to be spoiled, it's not going to fade, it's not going to be corrupted. And, you know, we've got this inheritance that's ready for us now to use. And, and an inheritance and a salvation that is ours to keep and ours to hold on to. And in the midst of that, you know, God calls us to be shining lights in the midst of what he calls a dark and perverse generation. That's... that's the, the key to how we respond, we, we should be light in the middle of this darkness around us, in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this difficulty, we are called to be light. So the first question, you know, I, I've got to ask myself, and I guess we've all got to ask ourselves, if, is am I being light? Do, do people perceive me as light in this darkness or, or do I just look like all the rest of the darkness around them? Can, can they see the light of Christ that is within me or, or can't they? And, it, and it's a real question that, that I, you know, I challenge myself with and I ask myself, do people see light when they encounter me? Do they see Christ who is within me when they encounter me? Because, you know, this is, this is what Peter said. So he's saying, right, okay, in the middle of all this, in the middle of everything that's going on, in the middle of all the persecution that's descended on you, Things aren't turning out how you wanted. Things definitely aren't turning out how you expected when you became a, a believer. Things aren't even as good as they were a year ago when everything was hunky-dory and we, we were all uh, doing great and, and all the rest of it. And, 
And, and what do you do in the middle of that? Well, this is what Peter says. Get your head on straight. Take, take control of what you're thinking. You know, he says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your minds, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon grace. Therefore, therefore, get your head on straight, is what he's saying. Now, you know, what, one of the challenges to us of, of getting our heads on straight the, these, these past years, not just the, the, the year we've just been through, but past years, is that the world is increasingly polarised. People's views are held further and further apart. They're more confrontational. You can see that in the way we go about politics, the way our media reports things, the way uh, people um, are much more polarised in their views. Along any line you, you can find, uh, along ethnicity, along cultural background, along ideologies, along political beliefs, uh, along uh, just partisan nationalism, all sorts of things where we are heavily polarised. Uh, and, and that plays itself out right in front of us through social media and all the rest of it. So in the midst of that, it's really difficult to, to keep our head on straight, isn't it? Particularly when there's this phenomenon called echo chambers. And the idea of an echo chamber is if you're on social media at all or you're on the internet at all, Everybody, or, or almost everybody that you have as your friends and your connections and your relationships that are carried out through that, that virtual world, uh, the people who are on there are just people who echo your views so that we are becoming increasingly narrow in our views and increasingly polarised in our views. And, and Peter's saying that, that in a world like that, the first thing you have to do is get your head on straight. What do you need in a place like that? You need... You need an anchor point that is is immovable, but also you need something inside of you that allows you to relate to others, to care for others, to embrace others, to have empathy with others, and to reach out to others in, in, in love to bless them. And so he's saying... The only way you can do that is to get your head on straight in the middle of all this stuff that's going on. And the, the words that he uses there, they translate, gird up the loins of your mind. It's just a great phrase, isn't it? Gird up the loins of your mind. Um, that phrase is a, is a, a translation of a Greek word, and it, it, I, I like it. It's called anadazanumi, and I probably haven't pronounced that right. And I'm not even going to attempt to spell it for you. But what the, the idea behind that is, is um, it comes from a word that, that kind of relates to the time that Peter is living in. And people used to wear these, these long uh, robes and flowing robes and things. And, and whenever they wanted to move anywhere quickly, if they wanted to set off on a journey... Uh, or if they needed to run or get somewhere quickly, they would gather up all these robes, they, they'd pull them all up, uh, and, and they kind of tuck them in and secure them so that their legs could move freely. And uh, as I was kind of thinking about this and getting this picture, because I, I, I was initially thinking about this just before Christmas, and, and I remember, you know, we managed to fit Jessica's wedding in in between all the lockdown bits just before Christmas. We had one of these micro weddings with 15 people and it was brilliant. 
But one of the things that Jessica was really concerned about was treading on the dress. And, uh, and so wherever we went, she'd gather this dress up and, and she'd walk, walk along in her wedding shoes. And then when it was ready for the photos, the, the dress would come down and, and drop down. And it's that sort of idea. He said, he's basically saying, gather up all that stuff that's going on in your head. Just gather it all up and put it in order so that you can be clear and you can think freely. Um, you know, another literal translation of that was be uh, bring in all the loose ends of your thinking. Bring in all the loose uh, bits that are flying away of your thinking. Uh, and, and really what Peter's saying is this. If we are, are going to respond correctly to these times, we've got to correct the way we're thinking. We've got to think carefully about what we're thinking uh, you know, you've heard me saying this before. We've got to think about what we're thinking about and get all that loose thinking out of the way and then rest on the word of God. Put our trust in God. Rest on the word of Christ. Deal with the loose ends. Um, and, and in effect, what he's saying is that as believers, the way we respond to the situation we find ourselves in is to submit our thinking to the Word of God. Not submit the Word of God to our thinking, but submit our thinking to the Word of God. And that's so important, isn't it? So, you know, get your head on straight. And then the next thing he says is, you know, is what we are. Be who you now are and have become in Christ. And, and he does that by saying, look, I remember Mike last week, Mike, when he, 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 was, he was preaching last week, he was talking about this word destiny. And the believer's destiny is to be transformed into the image of Christ. That's it. That's your destiny. Uh, that's God's plan for your life. That's God's goal for your life. That as you grow, as you mature, as the years go by, you should look more and more like Christ. That is the destiny of every believer. You know, we talk so freely about individual destinies, but the Bible talks about your destiny to look like Christ. And, and so Peter's saying, so whatever's going on around you, what you want to look like is Christ in the middle of this. Be holy because he's holy. What does he mean by that? He means your DNA. That from the, the moment you were born again, your DNA, your spiritual DNA, your born-again spirit carries the DNA of looking like Christ. And so when we, when we walk in unholiness or unbelief or in ways that aren't submitted to the word of God or ways that are just worldly ways and, and we're neglectful of God and we just put him on one side and we don't think about him and all that sort, all the rest of that stuff. When we act like that, we find ourselves that what we are... We're doing is we're acting contrary to actually our born again nature. We're acting against ourselves. We're not connecting with who we really are. We're connecting with some sort of image that we think people want to see or that we've become too neglectful and we've just drifted into. But the reality is our nature is to be like Christ. And so when we don't when we aren't heading in that direction, when we aren't looking more and more like Christ, and the world's not seen us look more like, and more like Christ, and we don't see ourselves looking more and more like Christ, the truth is we're acting against our nature. We, we're not being who we really are. You know, uh, 
people will often say, you know, just be who you are. Well, who you are is to look like Christ. And we really need to kind of get a hold on that, grasp on that and understand that. So that's the first thing. Get your head on straight. What does he say second? Well, let's go to verse 17. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges, judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here with reverent fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and spot. So here's the second thing. So I, I, I'm sharing three things uh, with you this morning. The, the, the second key is that. So the first one, get your head on straight. The second key is put God first and put your faith in God. Put God first and put your faith in God. And he uses this word fear. Now, when, when we see that fear, it, it's, you know, I guess... We, it, it drills us back to a time um, of the past when, when, you know, where you've got this very solemn person and you fear God. And, and it, the, the idea there was that, you know, be terrified of God. But that's not what this word means. This word means reverent of. It means putting God first. Choosing to do the things that God asks you to do and follow him and following the promptings of the Holy Spirit and walking as a disciple of his in reverence of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And that's what that means. So he's saying, you know, Jesus paid this huge price and, and this huge price was beyond what you could ever pay. You could never obtain forgiveness of your sins you could never obtain your own righteousness but jesus paid this incredible price this huge price on your behalf to deliver you from the bondage of the enemy and deliver you from that unrewarding way of life that unfulfilling way of life that that purposeless way of life that you were living before that and, and to give it meaning and to give it new impetus and to set you free from all those things that were holding on to you and, uh, you know, no matter how much we accumulate or how much uh, adulation we receive from others, those are just kind of fleeting and empty things, aren't they? And, and, and what Peter's saying, and his advice for us right now, is put God first. Whatever you are, whatever your agenda, whatever your goals, whatever you see for yourself in five years, ten years, twenty years, put God first and follow what he asks you to do. Above all those things that you might dream up that you want to see, put God first. And that's a real key to these times we're living in, because these times we're living in are, are so unstable, so all over the place. And if we put our, our store in other things, what we find is that that's fleeting, it's temporary, it can disappear overnight. Uh, and But when we put God first, he never moves, he never changes, he's the unchangeable one the rock on which we can anchor. And, you know, I, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen, well, I, I remember, I, I remember when this was said, being really shocked. But as a young accountant, I went to my uh, kind of first formal dinner. And when you went to your first formal dinner in those days, you, you got sat on a table and there's all those young, bright-eyed, freshly scrubbed, you know, uh, 
combed our hair for the first time in a few days and we, we get to this dinner with our dinner jackets on and and the, the little bow ties and all that sort of stuff and you sat there and uh, you were put on a table and each of us you know maybe 10 of us and we're on a table and there's a partner on on this table and uh, I, I remember that first dinner the partner asked this question and uh, he, he looked at each one of us to answer and he said what where do you see yourself in 15 years time and uh, he went around the table and everybody of course gave the answer that you would give which is I'd really like to be a partner like you and uh, so he, he he listened to all these and he said and it was it was a kind of a flash of wisdom because he, he actually wasn't in any way a believer he was probably about as far as you could get from being believer out of any of the partners uh, in the office and uh, he said this he said you know the really interesting thing is that that's what everybody says but what happens is that when you get to partner yes you, you may be 33 34 when you when you get there and you get to partner and you suddenly realize you've achieved your goals and now what 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 and and he said one of the things that he'd observed because he, he was kind of an older part of that point is how difficult it is for people to make that transition to partner because they um, they've set all their stall on achieving something and when they achieve it they found that they've nothing more in their life than having achieved it and uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't want to achieve things but what I'm saying is that unless you have something uh, where b beyond uh, success beyond adulation beyond status then it's temporary it passes away and it never ever fulfills it really doesn't you know I, I, I had a very successful career but the one thing I can say is that it, although I found it interesting although I found it challenging although I enjoyed it it never ever fulfilled that bit inside that that was I'm living for a bigger purpose and that, that's what Peter's saying. He said, put God first. Call upon the Father. You're part of the family. You're part of the family, so call upon the family. The full resources of the, your family in heaven are available to you right now. And God cares about you. Yeah, sometimes he, he's going to correct you. Sometimes he's going to repoint you in a different direction. Sometimes he's going to ask you to stop what you're doing and start walking back in his ways but that's because he's a good father you know some people think well God just disciplines us because he he likes to discipline people no God uh, repoints us refocuses redirects us because he's a good father just think about if you were bringing your children up uh, and, and the difference between children who've never been pointed in the right direction by their parents and just been left to run free and do what they wanted and children who've had parents who cared so much about them that they would redirect, they would correct, they would discipline, they would point them in a new direction. Peter's saying, you have a good father, just like a, a, a good earthly father who, who wants to redirect, repoint you, uh, uh, get you going in the right direction. So use that family connection, use the resources of the family, be secure that you have a good father who cares for you, who's interested in you, and he's right there for you. 
And you, you know, let's go on to verse 18 and 19. Let's just go look at those again. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless contact, conduct received by tradition back from your fathers. Aimless contact, that's, that's that thing that I was talking about. Like, what is it that fulfills? He, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish. You know, Jesus paid this enormous price for us, didn't he? beyond what we could ever pay and you know no matter what we achieve in this life it our deepest need the deepest need that anyone has is peace with god and relationship with god and jesus is the only way that we can have that relationship with god and and, and peter's saying well you know that consciousness that, that, that relationship with God, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come from that natural nature, uh, that what he calls the aimless ways of, of, that you, you grew up in, but it comes not from that self-centered focus, but it comes by being a blood-bought member of the family of God who has had their life transformed because the Holy Spirit came to live in them. And this relationship that we have with God, it's a supernatural one, not a natural one. And Peter's saying, when we put God first, it's about that supernatural relationship. So, you know, Peter doesn't have this idea that of just like a naturally lived out Christianity that we kind of go through life and, you know, we get to the end of our life and we say, okay, that's over. I, I, I'm going to die now and I'm going to heaven. No, Peter's got an idea, which is the real truth, which is we are meant to live supernaturally. We are meant to see the things of the kingdom. There is meant to be more to this than just plodding through life with some hope that we're going to heaven, good as that is. But the, 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 the life of a believer is a supernatural life, lived out spirit to spirit in relationship with God. And that, that takes time and that takes practice. And, you know, I think of all the things that we could say that the church of our generation has failed in, I think it, this is the biggest, that we have not learned and understood and been able to actually live out how to walk in that spirit-to-spirit -spirit relationship, connection, uh, consciousness of the presence of God in our lives and that real relationship where we have this this certainty of knowledge that he's with us all the time and we hear his voice and he directs us in his path and we put him first and I, and I think we've missed that out in our our, our church culture of, 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 the, of the last few decades and and we have this opportunity to move forward into the deeper things of God and 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 we ended up uh, in, in effect neglecting that and, and and it's something that in these coming days these coming months these coming years we have to press into as individuals and as a church so put god first but in putting god first we put our faith in god so put god first and put your faith in god you know you're never meant to walk things out on your own see what peter says um who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead, this is verse 21, and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. And, and we're not meant to walk through this time on our own. 
relying on our own understanding. I, I think that's a big verse we've talked about, isn't it? Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And it's so important that we remember that on a day-to-day basis, not as a verse we can trot out, but as a reality that we live in. Because we never meant to walk through this life as born-again believers relying on our own understanding. But we're meant to walk through this life with Jesus alongside of us. That's why Jesus said, and I'll be with you always as you go into the world. As you go about this kingdom business, as you go about living this life uh, as a new creation, I'm going to be with you always. And he said that because he is with us always. And he doesn't want us to do it on on our own, relying on our own understanding. He's always with us. And that means he's with you whatever comes your way. He's with you uh, wherever you are. He's with you wherever, whatever you're doing. He's with you whatever you face. He's with you uh, whoever you're with. He's always with you. And, and that's the reality. And it's a reality that, that if we to move forward in our faith and if we to grow and we could step forward and, and see... Uh, a greater measure of the fullness of God in our lives and a greater measure of the blessing of God in our lives. It's something we're going to have to step into. And I want to challenge you this morning, this morning with that thought that we, we need to step into that more of putting our faith in God and walking out this life with him in real relationship with him. You know, day-to-day trust is the essence of real Christianity. Real Christianity is lived out by day-to-day trust in a real God, in a real today, and a real hope for tomorrow. Anything apart from that is not real Christianity as Peter experienced it, as Paul experienced it, as the disciples experienced it. Real Christianity is day-to-day trust in God. And so the question that I asked myself when, you know, God started talking to me about that and challenging me about that through that passage is how much of my trust is in God, how much of my trust is in me and how much of my trust is in others? And, you know, I, I, and I'm sure for all of us, just like me, you, you'll probably find there's a bit of a rebalancing act to be done there, that it, it's too much in me, it's too much in others and not enough in God. But I want, I want to live that real real vibrant Christianity where my day-to-day trust is in God, don't you? So here's the third thing. third thing that Peter says about how we respond to these times we live in. And this is really an outworking of that that truth that we have been empowered to to live in these times. You know, we we can look around it and at what's going on around us because oh it's just so hard everything is just so difficult you know it's it's getting harder every day it I, I can't see an end to it it's so hard the truth is we are anointed for hard we are anointed for hard that's that's the truth I mean it, it's not easy to get your head around it's it probably isn't it probably 
sounds like a bit of a step too far but biblically the truth is you are anointed for the difficult you are anointed for these times you have an anointing upon you you have the holy spirit upon you for these times for these very times if you can just swim along and and breeze along through life with no hassle no trouble no problem living comfortably all the time with never an issue you wouldn't need any anointing at all but we are anointed for hard not easy for hard so you know when we go around as christians moaning and complaining saying it's so to our i can't do it and oh it's just so difficult it's hard it's hard it's hard i understand why we do that in fact i do it myself i do it too much <laughs> but the reality is i'm anointed for hard and so are you so you know the, the reason I'm, I'm i'm thinking like that is i forgot who i am I forgot who I am. I forgot what I've been given by God. I forgot that I'm a member of the family. I forgot I've got the resources of heaven to pull on. And I forgot I've got the Holy Spirit in me to give me wisdom, counsel, comfort, strength, uh, and to empower me to, 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 to live differently in this time. So I'm anointed for this time. And that's the big thing. That's the big good news for bad times. You are anointed for the bad times. The Holy Spirit has put an anointing within you for these times. And Peter kind of pulls that all together and he says, the way this is going to show, the way you're going to see this, and the way the world outside is going to see this, the way they're going to see that you are who you say you are, the way they're going to see this real Christianity, the way they're going to experience your day-to-day -day trust in God is that in the middle of everything that's going on, in the middle of all those personal pains and, and, and um, frustrations and horrible situations, in the middle of that, what are people going to see? How are they going to know that you, this is real Christianity? They're going to see what? Love. Let's look at that again, verse 22. Since you've purified your souls in a bane to the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren love one another fervently with a pure heart in sincere love of the brethren love one another fervently with a pure heart and and mike did a great job of opening this up last week didn't he when he talked about actually you know we can talk about destiny and all that sort of thing but really the key destiny who we designed to be is people who love and that's what peter's saying here now what what you can't get from the english here is what the greek is actually uh saying and in what it's saying i mean i guess it, it's challenging enough just to read it like that isn't it since you know in sincere love of the brethren love one another fervently with a pure heart and you go well do i do i do i get that is that is that what i'm doing is that that how i'm i'm living things out is that what people are experiencing from me and, you know, there's this relationship, isn't there, that grows between people in a church. There's a relationship that we have with people in faith life. Each one of us has relationships with a, 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 not necessarily everybody in faith life, but a whole bunch of people in faith life. And, you know, we, we, we talk about and we genuinely believe in this, this desire to be rooted and grounded in love and to be a real family of believers before God. But, the, you know, that has its challenges. We live in a big geographical area. Um, but we also gather around the truth of God's word 
And hopefully the truth of God's word faithfully preached and the power of the Holy Spirit and desire to take that journey together in seeing more of the kingdom of God through faith and seeing God move miraculously and powerfully, uh, not just in ourselves, but in, in the area around us and ultimately across this land. And that's what we pray for in the prayer meetings, isn't it? A revival and move of God. And so we, we have this desire and, and in the midst of all that, gathering around those values and those ideas and those uh, core um, things that are at the centre of our faith life family, we get along with people. We get along with people, we form relationships with people um, and we're part of something. But, you know, we're part of something and I don't mean to put it down here, but we're part of something because it suits us and because it works for us. And that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing when you're part of something that suits you, fits you like a glove and works for you. And, and that's, that's this word here. He's, when, he, when he says, um, in sincere love of the brethren, the word he's using there for love is phileo. And that's the kind of, well, this works for me sort of love. This is... This is love that is based on common interests, common shared values. People you're around and you get kind of fond of and you'd miss them if you didn't see them. And, and like we miss everybody now because we're not seeing them. It's that sort of love. You know, you go, I, you know, I miss seeing that person. I miss seeing that person. I wonder what that person's doing right now. I miss seeing them. And, uh, you know, right now I'm thinking, I wonder... And, and, and I'm missing the people on the other side of the camera, but I'm wondering who's there because I can't see. But I miss people and lots of different people's faces are going through my mind at the moment. And that's phileo love. That's phileo love. Love one another with that sincere love. But then he says, and, and this is what we don't get in the English, then he challenges us to do something more. More than that sort of... It suits us, it works for us sort of love. He challenges us to do something more, to love one another. Uh, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Well, what, what's that? Well, here's what he's saying. The word for love there isn't phileo. The word for love there is agapeo. Uh, you know, that comes from the word agape. It's a different type of love. And what he's saying is... If you're going to grow in this love that we're all talking about, if we're going to, you're going to grow and, and experience that love from others, but also be able to give that love yourself, you've got to move beyond phileo to agapeo. And what's agapeo? Agapeo is a love that costs you something. Phileo doesn't cost you anything. You just belong. Agapeo costs you something. And that agapeo is a love that willingly sacrifices its own interests. You see, phileo is based on common interests and, and it works for me. But he's saying you can't build a church just on phileo love. You can't build the body of Christ just on phileo love. That's why, you know, Peter's saying it's a mistake to think you can just build a church based on this works for me. Because when it doesn't work for you at any point in time, you're out of here and you're somewhere else that's working for you. And you can't build things on that basis. You have to build things on the basis of agapeo love. 
And so right now, in the middle of what we're experiencing, what we're seeing, what everything that's going on around us, these bad times that we talk about good news, Peter's saying, here's the really good news. The really good news is the Spirit of Christ has shed the agape love abroad in your heart and you're capable of loving in that way. You're capable of going beyond phileo and loving in a way that costs you. Of willingly sacrificing your own interests and your own desires for those of, of the body that you're part of and the church family that you're part of and the body of believers that you're part of. A, a real community bound together, not just by common interest, but by something that goes beyond that common interest, which is a willingness to lay down our own agendas and our own things for others and to put their um, them ahead, prefer them to ourselves. And that's a real challenge, isn't it? How, how can you do that? Well, I, I'm just going to finish really at that point because it, it's not easy to do that, is it? To, to have that quality of love with all these constraints of, you know, everything that's around us and the fact that, that people these days live all over the place and connect in so many different ways and have such busy lives, how do you do that? And that's a real challenge for us. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that as a body? We, we can't expect uh, any church anywhere to come up with a, a, a kind of magnificent strategy and a whole load of programmes that's going to make that happen. Every one of us has to do that as an individual. It's not a, it's not a corporate thing. It's an individual thing that creates a corporate sense. So it starts with us. It starts with every one of us. And, and it's not easy. And that's what, what Peter's saying. He said, the way we respond to this is just, we've got to remember, you know, get your head on straight, put God first, put your faith in him, trust in him on a day-to-day -day basis and live in love. Live in agape love. You can do that because of who you now are. You see, I think if we're honest, isn't it, that, that whilst there's a lot of people we get on with, there's kind of a bunch of people that, that you wouldn't naturally choose to be in the kingdom with. I'm not, I'm not saying anybody in faith life, but people out there, you know, there's people that we wouldn't naturally choose to be in the kingdom with. And, and we struggle, you know, we clash, we, we rub up against each other. But, you know, as a born-again believer... It's different. You see, when we're rubbing up against people and clashing and we're just walking in the natural, we fall out and or we go somewhere else or we do something different or we avoid people or we do this. And and there's there's not, you know, that we never get anywhere that near that element of willingly sacrificing our own interests. It's agape. But as a born again believer, the Holy Spirit's put agape love in our hearts. You see, God's not asking you to do that in the natural. And this is why it's so important we, we, we connect and, and, and get in the reality of walking this life out with God. Because how do you respond to these times? You walk in agape love. How do you walk in agape love when you don't feel like walking in agape love and you don't want to walk in agape love towards somebody? You let God love them through you. You draw on the spirit. You know, th there's been times, and I've shared this before, there's been times where we, Cheryl and I, we've had to go way beyond 
what we could manage naturally and, and and times where we've wanted to go like god i just want to walk away now that that person's hurt us too much that person's just taken too much from us and when you want to walk away and it's at that time you go but god i know that you love them and that love that same love is in me so i'm going to connect with my spirit right now and draw on that love and give it away and it's just like Jesus gave us that love. Jesus gave us agape love. That's how we know what it is. By this we know what agape is, that Jesus Christ gave himself for us. When we didn't deserve it. And so God's asking us to do that same thing, to walk in that same love, to give love to people who deserve it, but just as importantly, to give people love to people who don't deserve it. That's how we become this family who walk in love. That's how the world sees us as light shining in this time of darkness. And that's how we live in these times. That's how we respond to these times. We respond to these times by trusting God and walking in love. Amen. So if, that, if, if, you, if that's touched you, if you have heard that for the first time and you uh, want to put your trust in that saviour that I've talked about, put your trust in God then I'm just going to pray with you now. So I'm going to ask you to follow me in this prayer and make that commitment to, to as I've said, put God first in your life. You know, that, this isn't just for those who've never met God. This is for those who've just realised, well, I haven't been putting God first in my life. So let's pray together. Follow me as I pray. Father, just repeat what I said. Father, I realise that you weren't first in my life. I realise I've been going my own way. I realise I've been leaning on my own understanding. And I'm choosing right now to put my head on straight. I ask you to be first in my life. And I choose to put you first in my life. I ask you to forgive me for the times you haven't been and to give me new life through your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love and enable me to give that away to others. Amen. So if you've prayed that, you've prayed that for the first time or you've prayed that realising, well, you, you, you haven't been putting God first in your life, uh, let us know, email us, messages on Facebook, email us, uh, office at faithlifechurch.org.uk and we'll, we'll try and help you, we'll celebrate with you, we'll get excited with you and we'll do this journey with you together as a family that walks in love. So Faith Life, it, it's, it's just been a, another morning that it's kind of frustrating because we're not together but a privilege to be able to share the word of God, a privilege to hear the word of God, uh, and a privilege to be together as a family, even if only virtually. So be best face life, uh, be blessed everyone else who listens to this, apart from just not, you know, physical faith life members. Uh, have a great week. Uh, we love you. We're going to see you again soon. Be blessed. Walk in love. Trust in God every day. Amen.